The following program is sponsored by Fairly Spiritual on KCIS. Hey everyone, it's Dr. Doug Bursch and you're listening to the Fairly Spiritual Show. So peace in the midst of uncertain times. Is it possible to have peace when the world is falling apart? You know, sometimes Christians talk about peace, but really they're just putting their heads in the sand. How can we fully confront what's going on around us, but still have a genuine peace that is rooted in Christ? On today's show, we're going to talk about peace that stays with us when we have nothing else to offer the world and when the world has nothing to offer us on today's Fairly Spiritual Show. Stay with us. Back to the show. This is Dr. Doug Bursch, and you are listening to the Fairly Spiritual Show. I'm so glad you could join us today. So, on today's show, I want to talk about peace, but not just talk about peace, hopefully, bring you some peace, maybe peace that passes understanding. Uh, we are in the midst of some, I don't know, troubling times, confusing times. If you listen to the show on the radio, you're listening in the Seattle area, so you kind of know what's going on. If you listen to it in podcast form, well, things might not be as hectic in your neck of the woods. Um, we are in the Seattle area dealing with uh, the coronavirus and uh, all the implications of that. Uh, just uh, I'm recording this broadcast uh, right after the governor of Washington State has just said that he doesn't want any groups to meet uh, where there's 250 people or more. Uh, just in, in uh, I think it's King and Pierce County and Snohomish County. Hope I didn't get that wrong, but basically it looks like the main population areas on the west coast of uh, Washington State. So that's a, a big deal, right? And so there's all kinds of things going on. Uh, there's each day we hear more news of the spreading of this virus. Uh, we don't quite know how much it's spread. We don't know how bad it is. And depending on where you are, how you're impacted, it's either something that's incredibly scary or it's something that's just kind of a theoretical danger. Or for some of you, you're like, ah, oh, you're just making it a big deal. Don't talk about it. Uh, but uh, the reality is, if you're living in the Northwest right now, uh, it's kind of scary. Now, I know people are like this. Some people, uh, they gain peace by talking about things, by processing things. It helps them to talk about things. Others, you're like, I am tired of talking about this. In fact, they've already turned this off. They're like, I don't want to deal with anything that has anything to do with this. I'm tired of hearing people talk about this virus. Well, uh, I want to be sympathetic to both groups, and we're not going to spend our whole time talking about a, a virus uh, but we are going to talk about peace and peace that passes understanding and not peace in this sense where we just put our heads in the sand and just pretend, oh, you know, everything's going to be okay and it doesn't matter and let's just pray and God's good. No, we're going to talk about a peace that is rooted in Christ but still deals with the fact that we live in a world where terrible things happen, uh, where really bad things can happen. And as Christians, we're not just going to live in escapist, magical thinking fantasies where we pretend, well, you know, if you're just a good Christian, Nothing bad happens to you because that's not the case. Uh, really good people can get sick. Really good people can have bad things happen to them. 
So uh, with that, that's kind of the focus of today's show. If you want to text me, you can text me at 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513. One more time for the people in the back, 360-818-4513. You can go to fairlyspiritual.org. You know, I haven't really been pushing for donations to keep the show on the air because honestly, I've been thinking I'm not going to be on the radio anymore because I, I don't like having to request donations. I just don't enjoy doing that. I think I'm just going to go to podcast format. However, if you want to change my mind, that's fine. So you can still donate if you want to keep us on the air for one more month. But that's how aggressive I am on this. I just, I, I, I'm not good at doing the whole, you know, I'm just not good at fundraising. I'm just like, Lord, if you want this to stay on the air, you're going to find a way. If not, we'll just do podcast. So if you want to do that, you can go to fairlyspiritual.org and you can donate. Otherwise, we'll keep it going in some sort of podcast uh, form. So I want to get right into this piece that passes understanding. Now, uh, I think last week's podcast, or maybe it was the week before that, I talked about a passage that's pretty fascinating to me. In Luke 21, 12 through 15, uh, Jesus talks about uh, that his presence goes with us. And that we can actually do something that's very counterintuitive, that when we are brought before judges, rulers, authorities, when we are persecuted, he's talking to the disciples. He says, when you face times of persecution, I don't want you to worry. In fact, I want you to make up your mind beforehand, not even to worry about what you're going to say, because uh, when you get there, I'm going to be with you, and I'm going to give you the words that you need. My presence will be with you. And uh, so make up your mind beforehand not to worry. In fact, I'm going to read that scripture for you. Luke 21, 12 through 15. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you. So he's talking to the disciples and will persecute you, delivering you to the synagogues and prison, bringing you before kings and governors for my namesake. It will lead to an opportunity for your testimony. So that's fascinating in and of itself. Persecution will lead to an opportunity for your testimony. These trials will lead for an opportunity for your testimony. And any trial is an opportunity for Christians to testify to the goodness of God. Jesus goes on and says, So make up your minds not to prepare beforehand to defend yourself, for I will give you utterance and wisdom which none of your opponents will be able to resist or refute. So that's very counterintuitive. Jesus says, To prepare yourself, don't prepare yourself. You're going to face persecution, you're going to face trials. But don't worry. Make up your mind beforehand not to prepare. Because when the time comes, I'm going to be with you. And I'm going to give you utterance and wisdom. And I'm going to give you what is needed. So that's how you prepare yourself. So basically, my presence is going to go with you and you're going to have what you need. Well, in a very similar fashion, uh, Jesus uh, prepares his disciples in the context of when they are going to minister the gospel. This is in Luke 10, verses 1 through 12, when he's sending out the 70 to minister. You know, he sends out the disciples, also sends out the 70 before him. And uh, he, he, again, gives them these very counterintuitive preparation instructions. He says, when you go into these communities, I don't want you to take anything with you. Uh, d- don't, don't come prepared. Don't take a bunch of supplies. Don't take a bunch of resources with you. Just bring yourself And when you come to a house, I want you to do something. And what you do at this house and how people respond to you will determine whether you stay in that house or whether you leave that house. And how the city receives you will determine whether you stay in that city or you reject the city. And again, the advice is very different than the kind of advice we would give. And so I'm going to read this to you. Luke 10, 1 through 12. 
Now after this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them in pairs ahead of him to every city and place where he himself was going to come. And he was saying to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go, behold, I send you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money belt, no bag, no shoes, and greet no one on the way. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace be to this house. If a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. But if not, it will return to you. Stay in that house eating and drinking what they give you, for the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not keep moving from house to house. Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat what is set before you, and heal those in it who are sick, and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. But whatever city you enter and they do not receive you, go out into the streets and say, Even the dust of your city, which clings to our feet, we wipe off and protest against you. Yet be sure of this, that the kingdom of God has come near. I say to you, it will be more tolerable in the day of Sodom than for that city. So again, we have this example last week, or earlier on, or I guess it was a couple podcasts ago. Jesus says, when you're brought before people who are against you, when you're brought before the courts and before a trial and before persecutors, don't prepare what you're going to say. Make up your mind ahead of time not to worry about what you're going to say because my presence is going to be with you and I'm going to give you what to say. And now he says, okay, when you travel, don't prepare. Don't take stuff with you. Don't, don't take all these provisions with you. Uh, enter into a city with nothing. But actually, you don't have nothing. What you have is enough. What you have is the peace of God. Go, go to someone's door and greet them with this message. Peace be to this house. And if a person of peace, if someone recognizes that peace, if someone recognizes the good news you have, they, they will let you in. They will bring you in. They will recognize that what you have is more than enough. But if they don't recognize that peace, if they don't recognize what you have, then basically wipe the dust off. If they reject what you have, they reject what they need. So Jesus says, put yourself in this weak position, this or weak to the world, that take away everything else that makes people think they're strong, your money, prestige, everything. All the things you use to be able to make sure your stay is going to go okay. And all I want you to do is to bring my peace into the situation. And again, Jesus is saying, I'm going to go with you. My peace is going to go with you. And that's all you need. So prepare nothing to say. Bring nothing with you on the journey. My presence will go with you, and you will be a messenger of my peace. I just want to throw some things out here to encourage you about the peace of God. First, nothing can separate us from the peace of God. Isaiah 54.10 says this, For the mountains may be removed and the hills may shake, but my loving kindness will not be removed from you, and my covenant of peace will not be shaken, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. Now that's an Old Testament text. But this is true even more so in the New Testament. God says, there's nothing that's going to remove my covenant of peace with you. We know through the cross of Jesus Christ that God has broken down every dividing wall of hostility between us and God and between us and, and our fellow brothers and sisters. And nothing, nothing that happens in this world can remove that peace. Nothing can shake us from that peace. We have peace with God. 
Nothing can separate us from the peace of God. Here's another thing. No danger, calamity, situation, or time of day can separate us from the peace of God. Psalm 4.8 says, In peace I will both lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. I can lay my head down and sleep knowing that God is my peace. God is my safety. We know that's with the 23rd Psalm, which sometimes we only read at funerals after people have died. But And so we're afraid to say it at other times because we just think about death. But what does that Psalm say? That no matter where we're at in life, even in the presence of our enemies, that we have God's peace with us, God's safety. He, he makes us lie down in green pastures. He prepares a table for us. He protects us in the presence of our enemies. We can lay our heads down and sleep, even in the most chaotic times, and trust that he is our peace. That's what the Sabbath is about. The Sabbath is not just about rest and luxury. It's that even when we hardly have enough food, even when the enemies surround us, even when we're running out of water, we can take a Sabbath and not work, not strive for our protection or our provision, but we can trust that the Lord will provide. One-seventh, you know, Sabbath was at least one-seventh of existence. We just trust, no, God will provide. God is our peace. God is our safety. There's a lot of reasons to feel anxious and worried in the world. Anxiety and worry often come from these issues of control and power and value. We get anxious because things seem outside our control. We feel powerless. It's true. There's a lot of reasons to feel anxious. Like, I I don't don't know what's going to happen next. I feel powerless to control what is going to happen next. Next, there's lots of reasons, good reasons to feel anxious because there's a lot of things that are outside our control. There's a lot of things that feel powerless. But God comes to us and says, I have a peace for you that surpasses understanding. I have a peace for you that can be with you regardless of whether things are in your control, regardless of whether you have any power in the situation. Here's the good news. Our good news is God promises to give us peace. Psalm 29, 11 says this, The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. That is God's promise to you. In any circumstance, in any situation, right now where you're at, the Lord promises to bless you with peace, a peace that no one can separate you from. A peace that no situation, no calamity, no time of day can separate you from. The Lord promises to give you peace. And he promises to give you peace because he promises to give you his presence. John 14, 25 to 27 says this. Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Jesus says, I'm not going to give you what the world gives. The world gives you promises. The world tries to give you solutions. I give you my presence. I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. I'm going to leave you my presence. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you my peace. Not as the world gives. My peace. And you don't have to be afraid because no one will separate you from my presence. And my presence is your peace. 
God promises us peace because he is our peace. John 16, 33 says this. Jesus says, these things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. Who do we have peace? We have peace in Jesus. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. Christ Jesus has overcome the world, and we abide in Christ, and Christ abides in us. He is our peace, and he has broken down every wall of hostility. Every wall. He is our peace because he has given us his spirit to give us a heavenly perspective. Romans 8, 5 through 8 says this, For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. Because the mind set on the flesh is hostile towards God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it does not even, it's not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. To set the mind on the flesh is to set the mind on the things of the senses, what I can taste and touch and feel and see. But we don't set our mind on what we can taste, touch, and feel and see. We live in these senses. These senses have an impact on our life. But we live according to the Spirit. And we know that because the reality is our flesh is going to die. So this flesh has an effect on our bodies. But we are not going to be resurrected based on our flesh. We're going to be resurrected based on the Spirit. The Spirit will resurrect us into new life through Jesus Christ. And the same Spirit that resurrected Jesus Christ from the dead is the same Spirit that will resurrect us. But we can live that resurrected life right now through the leading of the Holy Spirit. So regardless of what's going around us or in us in the flesh right now, we can still have a spirit perspective. We can still have a peace that passes understanding. We can still have a joy in our body, even if our body is sick or hurting or facing decay. And I know this even as I grow older, and I'm not an extremely old man, but I ain't a young man either. But regardless of what's happening with my body, my spirit is still life and joy and peace and goodness and hope in Christ Jesus. And regardless of what happens in my body, nothing can keep me from the peace that is rooted in the Spirit of God. Nothing can keep me from the life that is present in the Spirit of God that is present in me. And even if my body were to face decline or decay, or even if the things that I fear the most that I don't want to happen to my flesh, do happen, those things will not keep me from my heavenly perspective and the heavenly truth that nothing can separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus and nothing can separate me from the peace of God that I have that is rooted in the Spirit of the Lord. Because God is our peace, we can focus on more noble things. Romans 14, 17-18 says this, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So right now I can focus in on these things. I can deal with what's going on around me and I can you know, be concerned with important things and take precautions, but I also can focus in on peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And that's just as important. It's just as important as I take important precautions for my physical health that I take spiritual precautions to focus in on peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. In fact, it's essential that I focus in on peace and joy in the Holy Spirit today and in moments like today. 
Because Christ is our peace, we seek and pursue peace in every situation and circumstance. Psalm 34, 13 to 15 says this, Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. Right now, this is a season where we seek peace and pursue it. We are people who bring peace into every room, every circumstance, every situation. We are people who bring peace online. We are people who bring peace into our politics. We are people who bring peace into our churches. We are people who bring peace into every conflict, into every circumstance. The only area where we bring division is Christ Jesus, in this sense, that that when we say Christ Jesus is the Savior of the world, people who reject that, that causes division. That is enough division. Christ Jesus brings enough division. The very fact that when people reject Christ, that causes division. But even in bringing people Christ, we're bringing it for the purpose of that they would have peace with God and peace with one another. But in every other area, we are pursuing peace. We are bringing people peace. Because Christ is our peace, we counsel others in the path of peace. Proverbs 12, 19-21 says this, Truthful lips will be established forever, but a lying tongue is only for a moment. Deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil, but counselors of peace have joy. No harm befalls the righteous, but the wicked are filled with trouble. These are moments where we should be counseling people in peace. We are not to be deceitful or to be surrounded by deceitful people or to practice deceitful things. Counselors of peace, have joy. Because he is our peace, we announce peace to anyone who will listen. That's what I'm doing right now. That's what you're called to do. Isaiah 52, 6-8 says this, How lovely on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who announces peace and brings good news of happiness, who announces salvation and says to Zion, Your God reigns. We announce that God is our peace and that through the cross of Jesus Christ, we have, we have peace between us and God and peace between one and another, and we share that peace with whoever will listen. You know, peace is a part of my testimony that there was a time in my life where I was very sick and everything around me was falling apart, and I found a peace that passed understanding. I found a peace that is rooted in Christ Jesus, the resurrected presence of Christ Jesus. I found peace when I had nothing else. This is before I was married. This is just When I was a teenage kid, I found the peace of God when I was sick, before I was healthy, before the miracles occurred. I found God's presence. I found God's presence and knew that God is enough, and God is enough for you right now. And even if the mountains crumble, and even if the earth shakes, and even if what you fear happens, nothing can separate you from the presence and the peace of God. Because I'm telling you, even if we have a really nice life and everything's sunny and shiny, eventually we're all going to die. Eventually we're going to have our last breath. And we need to be able to have a peace that can meet us at that moment. Embrace the peace of God. Philippians 4, 6-8 through 8 says this, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is holy, whatever is good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Colossians three fourteen to 16 says this, Beyond all these things, put on love, 
which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. And finally, in 2 Thessalonians 3.16, now may the Lord of peace himself continually grant you peace in every circumstance. In this day, let the Lord of peace himself continually grant you peace in every circumstance. The Lord be with you all. Holy Spirit, I pray right now for every person listening that you would help us to receive your peace, to give your peace, to be your peace in every situation. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks for listening. I love you guys. Peace be with you. If you'd like to contact me, here's the number, 360-818-4513, If you want the radio broadcast to stay on the air, you can donate by going to fairlyspiritual.org, fairlyspiritual.org. Uh, we're still going to have the podcast regardless. Love you guys. Make room for the Lord. He knows you by name. He dearly loves you. Peace, safety, hope, and joy to you. I so much appreciate our time together. I'll see you next time. The preceding broadcast was sponsored by Fairly Spiritual. When you write or call this program, be sure to mention you heard it on KCIS.